Hey everyone, this is Daniel with Socratic Hobbits. On this episode, we talk about creating your own uh, area of expertise. Uh, please enjoy. People who are putting projects out to bid right now are getting a screaming deal. Huh, yeah. That's just interesting because like, this is a totally different market, obviously, but over here, um, construction for residential housing is so far behind that all the contractors are booked out over a year. Wow. Sounds like there's and some money to be made. There is and there isn't because the issue is the contractors have trouble finding enough labor. Yeah, we have that issue. We've had that issue for a while, uh, more than a year, more than two years. Part of the reason that apprenticeships are required on um in washington i believe if your project is over a million dollars and is funded by either the state or federal government you're required to have 15 percent of your workers apprentices which works really well for some trades and then others not as good because why would you apprentice if you were a truck driver you get paid less typically to become a journey level truck driver you take a two-week course and pay a thousand dollars Oh, <laughs> like, and then you're, and then you're a journey level Yeah, and make the same as people who've been doing it for 40 years. I mean, obviously not, but, but talking about being an apprentice or becoming a truck driver and how that works could be a decent segue into, um, Scott Adams discussion of becoming 75th percentile at three things and creating your own game. Yeah. Do you want to, so, uh, we're doing a new kind of, um, format here. And we're going to focus pretty much this entire uh, discussion that we're having here on Socratic Hobbits. I don't know why I'm like suddenly talking to an audience now, but. Well, it's good to explain what, what the transition is. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we had feedback that um, we're just basically going to be trying, trying to be more focused. Um, and so you and I are going to try to spend most of this time talking about, um, well, basically Scott Adams who's the author of Dilbert suggested that we suggest, he, he suggested to me and Kyle that we become uh, in the 75th percentile, which is just, you're better than 75% of people at three different things. And by doing so, you become in the top like 1% of, of those three things combined. Is that the gist of it? Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. And the only thing I'd add to that is, is by doing that, you essentially create your own your own skill that you are one of the most competitive people at. So instead of just to elaborate a little bit more on that, like there are a lot of people that can be 75th percentile in one thing and 75th percentile in another thing. But when you just do them, do the math, run the, run the numbers on what it would take to be 75th percentile in three over two or three overlapping things, it's, you get down to a very small percentage of the world's population. So like, would you, would you, can you think of any examples off the top of your head? Yeah. And one of the examples comes from a book that I think we may be useful to discuss as part of this podcast, which is the last, last safe investment um, by Brian, by Brian Franklin and um, Michael something. Michael something. Okay. I'll find that. Michael in Ellsberg. Ellsberg, good old Michael Ellsberg, who we both know pretty well. We know neither of them, but the, this is kind of a cool thing to, well, I, 
that's that's going down another rabbit trail. So generally speaking, Daniel's the one who keeps us on task and I is that so? Is that so? I don't I think, think you do I don't think that's the case. But um anyway, they have this book called The Last Safe Investment, which is really about investing in yourself and mm-hmm. developing your skills. And um they have an example in there of a guy who was working sort of a not not a super menial job, but not uh, a job that you'd expect someone to make a lot of money at. And in that job, he learned, he decided to teach himself um, some stuff about market research. Um, and then he learned about a particular, particular field that he was interested in. And then he learned, so he learned the technical aspect of that field. And then he taught himself some of the basics for um, person-to-person sales, phone sales. And so he understood he was 75th percentile in understanding the market. He was 75th percentile in understanding the um, technical details of that market. And then he was 75th percentile in in person-to-person sales, selling over the phone. And so because he understood the market from the perspective of people who were um, involved in the market, he understood the uh, technical side. So he understood what difficulties people had, what pain points people had in the market. And he understood some, some of the psychology of sales decently well. He was able to do very well for himself as a salesman in that particular market. Okay. Yeah. So if you were to, uh, I'm going to push just a tiny bit more, like, if you were to actually say somebody who's good at spreadsheets and then also somebody who's good at sales, mm-hmm. like those two, why would, would you, com- why would you bring up those two? Things? <laughs> uh, well, Kyle, uh, they might be particularly well suited for, um, well, I don't know, but you would combine those skills into something that would be really unique because a lot of people aren't good at spreadsheets and sales, or maybe there are, but fewer people than are good at, um, one or the other one or the other sure because each would be a subset and then you have you add something a third thing in there and um yeah and then you 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 get eaten to a even a much smaller subset whereas like Mm -hmm. i am we've talked about this ad nauseum but let's go ahead and put it out there i'm good at i'm good at spreadsheets but i have seen people i've seen stuff on uh online when looking at forums and like I know that when I'm at a workplace, I'm I'm typically like there's a pool of 50 to maybe 150 people. And in that group, I might be the top one to five people at, mm-hmm. you know, at well, that. In just, in just that one example, Daniel, you've actually created a subset for yourself. So you're, you've, you've got the one subset of the people in your work environment, and then you've got the subset of people who are good at spreadsheets or specifically Excel. So you could say a third subset would be the group in that company. And then the third subset is people who are um, uniquely competent at spreadsheet usage. And so you've put yourself in kind of that place where you're, you've got yourself in a place where you're in the top one to three people in that subset. Yeah. And so it's a very visible way. And my guess is people can can kind of run that same exercise for themselves and look at um, many work environments that people are in and, and go, okay, this is 
the work the, this is the workplace I'm in. This is the group I'm in. What unique attributes or what unique skills do I have that really stand out in this setting? And that's sort of your on a micro scale, your 75th percentile in three things mm-hmm. um, at yeah. work. Well, I do I do think that the point of, you know, the point of the 75th percentile, I'm just gonna shorthand that to like your niche. The point of having a niche yeah. in three different things mm-hmm. is that you would be in that top 1% in a much larger group than 200 people. Right, right. Um, and, and by doing that, you're creating something that's, by investing in yourself in that way, you're creating a, a just basically a value proposition to many more people or more likely to the people that you would would want to mm-hmm. and so so by creating the uh the niche in in those three in three things um like you can i don't know like that's that's a way to become more valuable than you you basically could by by focusing on just one thing and right not and right. not by creating subsets within your environment that can change so like i.e like your company does that make sense? Right, right. And okay. and I only brought up the company because it's it's a really I guess easy thing for someone to visualize today. Okay, um, sure. But getting what you brought up uh, something about value, which I think a good example that came to my mind there is the the person who's most valuable on say a basketball team is not the person who's really specialized in three-point shooting or not the person who's the defensive specialist. It's a person who can play both offense and defense and they aren't just a shooter. They can also make other people better by setting them up to score. Mm-hmm. And so you have those three skills, those three skills of, of defense, of scoring and of giving assists that make what is considered to be a complete player on the basketball court. And as a result, is the most highly valued player on the basketball court, um, as opposed to someone who even has just a couple of those things, they aren't going to get the same level of contracts that someone who has all three of those traits will get. So are there like particularly big names? Would they be a complete like LeBron James? Um... LeBron James is particularly known for being able to um, not just pass and play defense, or not just score and play defense, but his one of the things he prides himself on is his ability to set other players up. I mean, down to the minutia of knowing how another player likes the ball to spin into his hands off of a pass in a mm. particular corner of the court. That would be interesting to have that kind of attention as a teammate of LeBron James. Right. I say that like I well, wouldn't that make you want to play with him? I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. That just kind of brings to mind uh, my wife and I. I'm going to get it. (laughs) One of these episodes, I'm going to go a whole way without saying her name. Um, Is uh, we earlier, I don't know, it might have been six months ago, we watched uh, it was a BBC take on um, the first football club to pay their players. Okay. um, In England. So this was. I don't know. I mean, it was around the industrial revolution anyway. Um, but the, one of the main characters who's supposed to be this, you know, fantastic ball player and, and is him Mm -hmm. and his very good friend get, um, essentially drafted into this, uh, 
they're supposedly working for um, this textile company. Right, right. And but really, they're just there to play soccer. Yeah. And he he gets drafted another time into another you know another company and is pretty overtly being paid. But his friend doesn't, and he's just like he can't work with. Like his friends set him up constantly to be, you know, to help him get the ball downfield and score. Right. And he, he was a very good striker, but it was his friend who was able to get him, get the ball to him in the right uh-huh. spot. And there was nobody like that on the new team. And until, until basically his friend was drafted and um, uh-huh. he was a, he was a poor player anyway, but that's a, uh, see, now I've gotten a soft topic off of the, off of figuring out your niches. So did you, did you come up with, um, do you want to talk about what, what you think your skills are or how, how you came up with that? I've got some, how uh, I came up with what? So you had said in our podcast, which the only reason I know this is because I was just editing it, but we talked about coming up with things we thought we might be skilled at mm-hmm. and then talking about how others might do the same. And in order to kind of figure out what, what you might may or may not be uniquely like what you what three things you could perhaps combine did you did you do anything related to that or no not really well i thought of a few things that i know i have interests in um and i kind of broke it down a little bit um according to the the super skills listed out in the last safe investment mm-hmm. um and so the super skills are broken down into four categories um physical super skills technical super skills, creative super skills, and, um, interpersonal super skills. And what were, what were some physical ones? I didn't see that in the, um, book review that you had linked to, uh, mental focus, clean and organized work environment, clean appearance. I'm actually just reading the, the abridged list of super skills from the, uh, link I sent. Oh, I see. It's just kind of one little section. So it's pretty easy to zoom by, Mm -hmm. but the, so as far as technical super skills go, I think it's at least where I'm at right now, the, those skills would come down to problem solving and in, in engineering and understanding engineering top tech, technical topics, um, specifically around um, mechanisms and mechanics of materials. And then as far as the interpersonal super skills go, I think the skill that I've gotten to exercise a little bit that um, I've been continuing to try and develop. It's, it's actually a very uh, easy one, potentially easy one to develop as a parent is the super skill of teaching. Mm. So um, helping people achieve their potential in, in a particular area. And then the creative super skill that I was looking at was actually writing. And one of the ways I kind of um, have exercise that actually at work recently we had a request come down to write up a summary of what our team had been working on for a weekly newsletter that our our group puts out and so i volunteered to do that which every everyone on my team was very grateful that i volunteered to do that yeah so it's sure. sort of it was very much a win-win where i got to practice a little bit and it was part of my job and no one else wanted to do it what looks like work to others but play to you yeah exactly kind of uh, that's a quote from i think naval yeah like r ravikant yep that's the one yeah i was just listening or going back through and re-listening to his his um tweet storm podcast 
that was a good one i've i've listened to that a second time through yeah there's i need to listen through it actually taking notes mm. <laughs> that, i mean that's one of the things he points out is that you or any of us if we really want to learn something we really shouldn't just try and absorb it through osmosis um and i read this somewhere else recently as oh it was um it was actually through the the tim ferris show he was not the tim ferris show but tim ferris put out a kind of secondary podcast called tribe of mentors that was part of um setting up his book mm -hmm. um by the same name and in that someone made the point one of the, the mentors from the tribe of mentors made the point that if you really want to accelerate learning um don't try and just learn it while you're while it's in the background of your mind but really focus on on learning it and mm -hmm. um, leave other things aside actually i take that back it was not from that um the concept was probably in some of that it was actually in i was i was looking at i was at my parents place and my dad subscribes to ink magazine and oh. they had they were inter they had interviewed a guy in ink and he had this acronym fast for how to learn things um quickly and seems like a good yeah acronym. Was, yeah and and one of one of the letters in that what had to do with um it, it wasn't f f was for was forget so uh and i need to go back and and actually study it instead of just skimming through it but mm. he he pointed out on one of the letters one of the ast letters that it was important to actually maybe s was study and it was important to actually put the time into studying something as opposed to just hoping that you'd sort of get the knowledge into you slowly if yeah. you want to learn something quickly like you can get the knowledge into you just by sort of absorbing it but if you really want to ramp up on something quickly you have to put in the work yeah um it's kind of part of the idea is like if you want to learn something then don't treat it like entertainment yes yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah so what uh did you i hope i'm not having just like a brain fart right now but did you share what you thought you were skilled at so it was mechanical engineering um teaching and writing teaching and writing oh see i came up with the list uh of like 20 things and just like I didn't have, I didn't use that. Um, I'll just, I'll just read them out loud. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm not saying that I'm the most skilled. I did try to write down what percentile I was in them. Uh -huh. And even though it's these. Okay. So, so just to kind of clarify here, these are things you actually view yourself as being proficient in to various levels mm -hmm. or, or are these things that you would like that are aspirational? So this, might, this, this might surprise you. Uh, I've I, I put I did this in Excel, uh -huh. and I did a what percentile I think I'm in, and this was just off the cuff, right? And yeah. then the the difficulty in increasing that, so going up in percentile, mm -hmm. and then natural interest, yes or no, as a different column. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I know that surprised you. You were like, "Wow, Daniel." Can you share this on the screen? Uh, yeah, I can try. Do you want to share it on the screen? Yeah, I don't mind sharing it. I'm okay. going to read, I'm going to read through it, but, um, let me know. I think it'd be you... really cool for everyone who watches the video to be able to see this. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Can you see my screen? Yeah. 
Yeah. So these aren't actually kind of sounds like at the very beginning that they're they're in a particular order, but they they're in an order of natural interest and then percentile. Anyway, so Microsoft. So is it scale of one to three for difficulty and increasing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And the natural interest is interested, not interested. Yeah, probably should have just been one and zero, not one and two. But what are you going to do? Microsoft Excel, problem solving, logic, public speaking, VBA specifically related to Excel. Mm -hmm. There's a Visual Basic as its own language, and I don't know about that very much. It's Um, very similar. Yeah. um, Editing podcasts, systematizing, which I think actually probably relates more to business processes. And um, so is that operations? Yeah, probably be operations, but it, you know where you have. I, when I wrote that, what I was thinking was um, many different times in my career, I have had to sit down with somebody who has no business, who has no standard operating procedures, and come up with them whole cloth. Okay. So, um, and I create systems for myself all the time when I when I think it will help. And so, how is this different than business processes? I think that'll help us understand kind of what you're. I think systematizing is probably just more broad. Um, Because it's interesting that you separated them. Are not interested in business processes, but you are interested in systematizing. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm just curious about this. I think I think it's probably. Hmm. I have to think about that. I'm just going to keep going. Writing and reading, humor, teamwork, creativity, woodworking, learning new software, business processes, which I'm apparently not interested but I am interested in systematizing, huh? Which you described uh, as a business process. Let's not, let's not get focused on details. Um, negotiation, typing, understanding concepts, which is maybe, anyway. Well, let's keep, keep, keep going through it and then we can go visit these. Editorialize later. Decision-making, troubleshooting, sales, organizing, data visualization, um, and detail-oriented. I think that's a weakness of mine, which probably has to do with not as much a workplace, but just like my workplace is actually very clean. Um, But it's like being very detail oriented about certain things. Like I'll just, I'll just look over things, Um, which if you've texted with me much, you notice that I I'll send, I'll send typos often. I think this last one I sent you three. I was like, I was just frustrated. I was a little frustrated because I know how to spell. I'm a good speller actually. That is uh, interesting because I don't really think of that as being, I just, as you're describing that, I think for myself, I tend to think of myself as not being detail oriented, but I tend to be pretty obsessive about, at least more obsessive about my texts and emails than I think other people I know are, mm. but. Um, it depends on the tone but like I, and who I'm talking with. Yeah. But, anyway. but I, I just think I, I define detail oriented as like, um, things I'm not interested in are the things that require being detail oriented. And then uh, let's, let's have an example. So, well, I mean, the, the email is one example where I am interested in it. So I will be detail oriented, but if I'm reading like a, um, so you mentioned having a really clean desk and, and I don't make any attempt to keep things very neat and tidy in my workspace. See, I just throw stuff out and like, and you 99.5% of the time, that's totally fine. And then I wipe off my desk once a, you know, every couple of days, but compared to a lot of people, that's like a hundred percent more effort than people do. And I don't know why. 
but also in a construction setting, it's super dusty. Uh-huh. And so it gets people's desks get gross. Like <laughs> it's nasty. And so I just don't want to, I just don't want to be, I don't want that to be my workspace. So it's almost like you are cleanliness is probably a little more important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a skill of yours. Mm, yeah. Maybe don't, don't tell my wife that though. Uh, do you want to keep looking at the screen? I'm honestly, I'm really curious about the systematizing and, and business processes. And business like, processes? I, I, you want me to account I, for myself? Well, well, no, it's not that I want you to account for yourself. I'm just curious what you're thinking of when you think of systematizing. Because when I heard systematizing, I was thinking of more like um, systematic thinking or mental models. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is definitely And then something. you went more business processes, which was something that you said you weren't interested in. So that's, that's, that's kind of what I guess triggered my questions is I was thinking one thing and then you described it as another thing, mm-hmm. which seemed really similar to something else you had on here. Sure. Sure. That yeah. Was, so yeah, I, I think probably when I wrote that, I was thinking kind of along the lines of what you've just laid out Okay. Um, where like, yeah, mental models would be a, a good example of something I do enjoy. Um, But even doing stuff that would be similar to business processes at my house for myself, I do enjoy that. Like on this, you know, and um, something you mentioned standard operating procedures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I like that for things I am interested in Mm -hmm. because I want them to go well and I want them to be consistent. That's important to me being accurate and consistent, even in a workplace, I can, I can end up caring very much about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are a lot of procedures and different things that are not actually useful that happen at job places and don't actually provide a ton of benefit or. So so it's almost like eight could be interesting business processes and 16 mm -hmm. could be boring business processes. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And I, you know, you were talking about being detail oriented. Mm -hmm. Like I don't love editing uh, text. Like, you know, Uh you were talking about emails and stuff, but I'm pretty detail oriented when it comes to editing my writing, like, and I can focus and do that. Mm -hmm. I just about things I don't want to be focused about or detail oriented about. It's very easy for me not to be, especially if I just want to rush through it. Mm -hmm. And I think I've defined at least email for myself. I try and think of it as practicing writing, Mm. like an opportunity to practice writing. Mm. And so for me, that's why I think I take it a little bit most of the time, I mean, th- there are certain times when it's just kind of, oh, I need to get a thought out. And so, and I've got something else that I, I is more important for me to be doing at that time um, or higher value for the company for me to be doing at that time. And so. So you would define writing as one of your skills and something you're interested in increasing your percentile, right? Yes. But you don't journal. You don't, you don't value it. I don't journal, but I do blog. Okay. Let's let that one go for now. <laughs> uh was there anything else in here that you wanted to chat about? A number, a percentile yeah. in particular that you saw that seemed high or low? I'm curious how you, I, I'm always curious how people define logic. Yeah. So just, um, and this is actually, a, I would say a fairly recent, well, no, no, no. So my interest in it, I would say is more recent, but I'm, I've been like th- talk, discussing a problem, solving a problem with somebody, but that would be so close to logic. I don't know why I, I don't know why I, differentiated them okay because when i so how i've been trained is logic is um inductive and deductive reasoning 
Yeah. So there are times when I'm listening to somebody talk mm-hmm. and I will, I, I've read enough about uh, basically invalid arguments to identify when somebody's making a straw man argument and say like, oh, that doesn't like, that actually doesn't hold it. Like, so, mm-hmm. so using some of those more um, like na- named, named fallacies. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, and, and even, you know, when I see somebody who has an opinion mm-hmm. and it seems ill-founded or like they don't even know why they hold that opinion, mm-hmm. usually I like to poke and prod a little bit. And I would say that that's, a, that's related to logic in some way. Right. And in some circumstances, that's been to very much to my benefit and in other circumstances, very much to my detriment. But in both cases, you enjoy the process. Um, I usually, in the moment, um, with the detriment, maybe right, less so right. at the end. Yeah, yeah. Like in the moment, you enjoy the process. Yeah, and and I'm just like I'm just drawn to that. Which uh, I know not everybody who knows me likes me, uh, and I think that's one thing that people who aren't huge fans of mine would would say that's annoying. Well, so so it almost sounds like in in that realm, kind of like with your writing, you actually are detail oriented, where you are focusing in on the details behind the assumptions that people are coming in with when they make statements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Peeling apart the, yeah. Like, what do you mean when you say that? Right. And questions that are annoying if you don't want to think. Well, those, that's, those are the questions that got <laughs> Socrates killed. Uh, yeah. We are the Socratic hobbits though. So. <laughs> that's fair. Actually, I told, uh, I told a good buddy of mine about us today. He's like, Oh, I'll give it a listen. And then yeah. as we were talking, he was like, oh, you guys are small people asking big questions. And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, downloading it. I'm like, can you skip the first one for me? <laughs> I think I started telling people to basically wait till episode nine. Oh, really? <laughs> You're just going to keep like, we just, we get a lot better. We get a lot <laughs> better at things. Uh, why nine? Um, I feel like at nine, we started to get a little bit more in the same vein as we are now in this episode, which it could be at episode 20. I'll say, don't listen until episode 19 or 18. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you know, that's it, part of certain, the journey. Hey, it is. It is. And I like that you, I like that you just said, it just blessed my heart a little bit when you said, when we get to episode 20, that's nice. That was nice. Um, so uh, is there any others that you wanted to talk about here? Um, yeah, I was curious. So I know you have experience with door-to-door sales. And in a sense, you've, you've also got experience um, with kind of personal or uh, resume job hunting sales. <laughs> and yeah, I'm okay. glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, no, that was good. It's just like... <laughs> I was telling you about, <laughs> never mind. Go on. And, <laughs> and, and so I, I noticed that sales was down your list and you feel like the difficulty to increase your ability there is pretty high. And mm-hmm. I'm curious if you have a very particular view, kind of, it seems like on a number of these, um, you've got the heading, but the heading has a lot of, uh, bullet points underneath it that kind of really define the heading. And if you 
change those bullet points a little bit. It could be something that you are either are very in, are much more more interested in or much less interested in. So I'm mm. curious what your bullet points are for sales. Uh, bullet points for sales. I think that being, I think probably when I wrote that, I was thinking of my handful of direct experiences with sales, which is that um, I have to be really on. And mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know a better way to say it or a more concise way, but I have to be, I am, I am genuinely like, generally rather, a happy person, pretty mm-hmm. upbeat at work. But I definitely like, I've taken personality tests that compare work to regular life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who I've taken that with, like, don't see people as widely different as I am. It's unusual. Like, I'm basically an introvert. What's an example of one of those personality tests? Um, I'll have to send it to you. I got like a one that I, I was in this leadership group and um, the leader essentially paid for everybody to to do it. It's normally like 100 or $150 test. Okay. Um, but basically, I'm an extrovert at work and an introvert at home. Okay. Which, you know, is, but it's when I did door-to-door sales for six months, I was dog tired every day. Right. Um, just at the end, it was, it was like, I didn't want to talk with anybody. I didn't really want to be with people. I kind of just wanted to like listen and watch when I was with my friends. Like I didn't really want to engage in conversation a lot because right. I talked all day for a living. Yeah. So being in sales, you know, I guess I don't know exactly what it would be like. Um, I guess I would honestly like rather try to sell my books when I write them after I write them. Right, right. And and I guess that's what I was wondering is if you were thinking specifically of the experience of door-to-door sales, however many hours a day. Mm-hmm. And and I was thinking about how sales as a category is far broader than that. You can have people who work on one business deal a month and they have one client that will make several million dollars for their customer and you only get a couple of those a year. And so you're working on maintaining a good relationship with that one client, making sure that they feel well served Mm -hmm. by your company. Then there's um, sales that combines writing, whether that's direct marketing or or copywriting. Yeah. See that I have tried and am not interested in. I know. Oh, interesting. Yep. So you, you, you have tried copywriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that difficult. I mean, it pays basically pennies to begin with, unless you're very good at it. And I don't have the right like background in order to really get a job doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably the way that I do use my sales skills right now is with is like business to business stuff at work. Right. And I, like I, I have to, I have to be pretty quick on my feet. Pretty much, I have to negotiate. Um, and like, and so I, you know, it's not that I. I would consider those skills related to sales stuff that I got mm-hmm. because of sales, but you know, those, those handful of clients that you have a year or handful of deals that you have a year, um, those kinds of jobs typically involve a ton of travel. Um, right. And yep. circumstances that I'm not particularly interested in. Um, like I know somebody who did that kind of stuff and they ended up like, kind of schmoozing clients and like going to beer like going to bars getting drunk and like that was part of their job was Mm -hmm. to like spend basically show the client a really good time and i'm not saying every sales job is like that right yeah so um 
Anyway, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually curious to delve into your foray into copywriting a little bit because I'm curious how 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 long was this? Uh, it was probably like three months where I tried to like find copywriting gigs, apply for them on freelance and, okay. or uplance, and then not get Upl- the job and not make any money. Okay. So it wasn't. It, I mean, I spent enough time doing it that I I don't think that that's. I probably so one of the things as I like the main difference between two and three in my mm-hmm. difficulty increasing is two. I feel like I know the steps forward mm-hmm. to increasing that. And three is where like, I don't necessarily know what I need to do in order to be better at this. Mm-hmm. So you didn't necessarily like go to any small businesses like that, like your dad's businesses and say, Hey, could I uh, write up a email for you to send to your current clients to tell them about a, deal on oil changes or something like that no i didn't do that that would have been maybe smart i don't think that uh my dad does business that way though i for right after i graduated college with an accounting degree i was like dad here's like 15 things i can do to make your life so much easier Uh and he was like nah i'm good i've been doing it this way for 35 years i think i'll keep i'll keep on keeping on i'm like yeah okay and i'm not saying necessarily no no for him but just as an example yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I just, uh, yeah. Let's talk about you, Kyle. Let's talk about your skills. I think one of the skills I enjoy is, well, we talked about this a little, well, we talked about how we were going to talk about this uh-huh. um, at one point, which was how I enjoy being a wingman, which is... Yeah, what is it? what do you mean when you say that? What I mean when I say that is I like um, connecting people with opportunities that suit them well. And so mm-hmm. I enjoy the process of understanding what, someone wants and what someone can uh how someone can serve and then um connecting what they want to do with what they're able to do that sounds exactly like sales you're just connecting people who with needs who with people who have a product or service and and that's and that's how i'm and and that's kind of where my question about sales to you came from is i was thinking well there are a lot of things that aren't door-to-door sales yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had a friend who tried to get me hooked up with somebody who uh, did pharmace- pharmaceutical sales. It's like, you have no idea what kind of money you can make. I'm like, oh, it's, it's not the whole, <laughs> that's not the whole you reason to work. You make a lot of money than that. You definitely can. Yeah. Schmoozing doctors. Yep. Selling vaccines. Making big pharma some money. Opiates. Yeah. Op- yeah. Opiates too. Anyway. Not to go too dark there, but yeah. 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 So what's a, what's an experience that you've had? being a, a wingman, which I typically think of somebody who's trying to get his buddy uh, a date at a bar or not a date, but we're going to say date. I have not at bars, but I have done that at dances. Um, That's sleazy, Kyle. It was a lot of fun. You know what I'm refer- Do you know what I'm referring to when I say that? I know what you're referring to and it wasn't. It wasn't that? That. That's good. No. Uh, so, so you've gotten your friend a date. Or at least to talk to a girl, probably. Just to talk, yeah. Yeah. She declined. <laughs> Kyle, what, so is that your only experience being a wingman? Is getting your buddy a, a chance at a date? No, I've also... I'm trying to think if I, if I have any examples of... You're trying to get David to move over to Idaho and work at work at your company. Well, he's not the only one. And me, and probably others. And and others, yeah. Who else? Um, Who else are you trying to get the whole Bible said you come over? Um, it's actually other people. Oh, who I don't know. But, 
yeah okay but um yeah i haven't necessarily succeeded at getting anyone into i'm trying to think if i've connected well i sort of helped i I gave james some ideas that ended up getting him in pullman (laughs) oh yeah and then that's the only one that's coming to mind is like oh that actually kind of worked i was talking to someone actually at church yesterday and mentioned a small dairy and he's in the um he's kind of a middleman for different for high-end restaurants between um boutique um farmers yeah farmers and high-end restaurants and so he's like oh you should tell me their names and it was funny because his wife actually knew the people oh yeah so i was kind of like well i guess i'm off the hook there she can she can get you their info yeah no i actually like connecting people who uh would be a good fit for each other is is pretty exciting yeah uh, like i i definitely agree with that that's something where you know when i i've had a handful of good experiences with contractors and mm-hmm. when i do i am definitely sure to recommend them right right um, like i had a fantastic experience with a hvac guy coming to our house and fix something that a different contractor broke yeah and that was like and he he did all the work that i wanted him to for a really reasonable price i was expecting to pay double and told him that and he was like no 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 yeah yeah it's this is a rabbit trail but you bring up hvac and whoever did the hvac in our house uh they uh they're kind of janky but (laughs) yeah it did not give me a very high opinion of people who do hvac work this guy i don't know if you can get him to come out there but probably he did you would be you'd be happy um yeah it feels like well, you and i are slowing down a little bit right now we have been talking for about an hour and a half or an hour and 15 oh, wow. minutes yeah well we started well, pretty close to hour 15 eight. yeah we started pretty close to eight it's nine nine fifteen now um which probably means we have about an hour of content uh well last time we talked for an hour and a half and i cut we're down to 57 minutes but there was a pretty big section i mean yeah if you want to call it now we can um i guess as kind of a this is a different part to that same kind of question, yeah. Which is like, I'll, I'll I'd be happy to start if you would if you would want, and then or you can. But how did you come up with the things that you were good at, and then how do you how do we then turn those things into a uh, something that's helpful and not just a an exercise to find some things that we're yeah. good at? So so what I was I mean the mechanical engineering one was fairly easy. I've spent a decade working on that um, formally. And then the, the teaching is something that I've had opportunities to do. I've had opportunities to coach um, lacrosse and uh, mentor a few times in, in the work setting. And I've enjoyed those opportunities and found that I can get generally get pretty good results for the people I'm responsible for there. And then um, I've been continuing to, try and develop that with the the jujitsu I've been hosting at my house. Um, I haven't done it the last month just because of various craziness of schedules and stuff, but um, looking forward to getting that back up and running full time in the new year. And then the writing actually comes back to something a teacher from high school said to me um, when I was graduating. And she basically said, I know you're going into engineering, but I'm pretty sure at some point you're going to end up doing something with writing. <laughs> so that's always kind of stuck with you. Stuck with me. Um, because she, I mean, she was like looking back on it, the best teacher. I, I've definitely top three 
in terms of teachers I've ever had, if not the top teacher I've ever had. Hmm. Like she, what's her name? uh, Trudy Marston. Um, We can, we can, we can send this to Trudy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Um, Yeah. So just had a big impact on you. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's kind of thing where I didn't appreciate her um, nearly as much as, I should have. And the further away I've gotten from school, the more I've appreciated her. Mm. And it's always fun to, when I do see her these days to talk to her and she's just really incredible in terms of the impact she's had on um, both students in school. And, and then she's run a women's Bible study for years in Mm. at her church. That's had a um, significant impact on a lot of people's lives. Probably mostly women from the Bible study. Well, and whoever they marry. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so kind of to break down what you said as far as the skills go, you like what you're formally trained in. Yeah. Uh, what you've enjoyed, and then some external like you're good at this. Right. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That's that breaks it down very well. Okay. Nice job. Thanks, buddy. Uh. As far as me, what I did was, um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess things definitely fall into those three categories. The, um, the writing is something I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft Excel also. And I've also, for the Excel and, and writing, I've had external people, you know, people outside of just me say, you know, keep at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for this, the rest of this 24 long, 24 list items um i just sat and thought about things Mm -hmm. that things that i enjoy or things that i've uh i feel like i'm good at or or i've I've gotten other people suggest Mm -hmm. that i am um this isn't a quip this is a serious question but did you journal about it uh no i didn't i mean so i and i think um depends on how you define journal like that making that spreadsheet i sat and Mm -hmm. thought about that for probably half an hour um and going through each of those, what I felt like would be helpful columns. Um, I'm not exactly sure how I'll combine those uh, in order to figure out if there's something that I'm particularly well-suited for. I think the job that I'm doing right now, actually, um, I am particularly well-suited for mm-hmm. estimating. I don't know if it's a forever thing, but like I'm making a lot of changes at our company now and shoring up. Um, I'm systematizing, not business processing um <laughs> uh, but it is stuff that i'm interested in so it's it's helpful um but yeah i think i think one thing that people can do in order to come up with this list is is actually just sit and think as opposed to having um you know having a, a list maybe there's a maybe there's a framework like you had kind of talked through about what would be helpful what are we you know with those super skills that are in that that show note or right. what will be in the show notes um but also just sitting and thinking about what you enjoy and what you would like to be good at um is helpful because if there's a natural it's just a lot easier to get good at something that you enjoy doing um so one thing that i'm, I'm at some point will will actually improve on is the woodworking because i enjoy doing it right um and that's that's something i've been doing for over a year now um yeah one thing that uh kind of to go off of what you said about 
think about things that you really enjoy doing. One of the things that our, our top fans dad <laughs> told me once was to think oh, about man. those things that those earliest memories that I have and think about why I have those earliest memories. Hmm. That's an interesting idea. Um, yeah. One, one of the reasons that uh, journaling is helpful is because it forces you to sit and think about what you're, is to clarify your thoughts. Right. Right. That's, it's actually like one of the main, you know, I've, I've heard somebody say, I don't write to get my thoughts down. Or I don't journal to get my thoughts down. I journal to get my thoughts, to get my thoughts. And if you can sit and think, then you're bypassing some of that. It's a different exercise. I think journaling is still helpful, but I get the impression from other people and from my own tendencies that people hardly ever sit and think without input from from outside of themselves, whether it's conversations with other people, podcasts. Um, like I can remember like a year ago, somebody saying like, man, I just, I recently decided to turn the, um, the radio off in my shower and it was, it was so peaceful. And I was like, what? Like, I mean, maybe everybody does. Maybe I'm the only guy without a, a Bluetooth speaker in no, my shower. It's funny you mentioned that because I was actually just thinking about, oh man, I could listen to all these podcasts in the shower and after the morning. <laughs> and then I thought, wait a minute, I don't want more input. That That's a terrible idea to add more input to my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's just like, I would just encourage, you know, as you're trying to think through these things, like actually like thinking does not just mean writing something down and then saying, oh, I thought about it. Like mm -hmm. actually spend the time, sit without any input and you know, let your mind work on a problem. Think through things that, you know, think through these memories in your, in your past or input, you know, that you've had from other people saying, Hey, you did, that was that thing you did was good. Or mm -hmm. um, maybe you should never do that again. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, one way or the other. Can I, can I actually tell you a funny story? You mentioned our number one fans, dad. Yeah. Did I, maybe I've told you this before. It was so funny to me. Uh, so he taught me Sunday school. I don't know if you knew that. Uh huh. And um, I didn't recognize him. This was after I was in college. I was over at their so house. So you went to the Church of Christ for several years? Uh, the First Church of God. First Church of God, yeah. Yeah, I went to First Church of God. That was where we grew up. That was where I grew up until I was about 12. Anyway, um, and he had mentioned something about either one of his sons being in my grade or something like that mm -hmm. and trying to figure out basically if he had taught my, my Sunday school class. And I was asking how old his sons were or what grade he taught or something, but he, he took it to mean, how old are you? <laughs> and, and mind you, I like, I haven't seen him in tw like really like 20 years. And, and I, he was, he was so confused and his wife was so confused <laughs> and, it, and it was really awkward for about a minute. And then, then we had a good laugh and figured out that I was in neither of his sons. Well, any of his sons, I guess he has three. Just They're three great people for a good laugh. They're they are great people for a good laugh. Anyway, so I'm curious. When did you um, you said you spent a half hour putting together that spreadsheet? Mm -hmm. What time of day did you do it? And did you think about what time of day you were doing it and it what the environment was properly? Or, I don't know why I said properly. It was at twelve thirty exactly. Um, no, I wasn't really thinking about what time I did it. That was just when I was on my lunch break and I had a half an hour to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you like first of the first of the morning or 
first the last thing i go to bed well i was just thinking about um i think it was daniel pink that wrote when mm-hmm. about have you read that book uh, i've listened to it does that count that's that's more than i've done <laughs> i listened to the podcast where he promoted it oh but, me too uh, i listened to that one too it was good yeah i listened to it in the shower <laughs> at least you weren't on the toilet but uh we digress we should yeah. probably end this here pretty quick <laughs> yeah i know that yeah, i have to I first cut the first 20 minutes if so you, if you thought that um you would get a different list or, or how that list might change if you did it in the morning or did it in the evening or or had a nice coffee while you were doing it right before you did it or while you're doing it yeah yeah i i, I learned a frustrating something frustrating from that book actually and we are getting off topic but that's okay I'll just keep blazing this trail I don't know um, that we are actually just to to to, to push back on that. I, I think oh, nice. it is Use my phrase. It is it is <laughs> it is helpful to to talk about how we um, assess ourselves and the ways that we can serve. And it's not just important to talk about what those things are, but how we get there. And and you mm-hmm. you kind of led the way to talking about how we get there. And I think thinking about the the environmental factors that can lead to deep thought and introspection um, are really applicable to this uh, discussion about what can we be 75th percentile in and, mm-hmm. and what should we pursue in terms of what should we pursue for being 75th percentile? Yeah. So um, the frustrating realization that actually is applicable here is that I would be, uh, so I am more creative and I like writing creative fiction um, in the evening because I'm a morning person. So if I were to be a full-time writer, it would make the most sense for me to get all of my boring stuff out of the way probably until about noon and then go on a long walk and then spend my afternoons writing. That would probably be like the most ideal schedule for me. And then write until about six um, or dinner time, whatever that is. Uh, And maybe do editing in the morning that would make the most sense. But I used to get up in the morning and write. And part of why that didn't work was because I was most awake and alert and had, you basically can follow lines of logic the best. You're too critical. Too critical. Exactly. So if you're trying to figure out what you're best at, figure out whether you're a morning person or an evening person, or there's, there's a third bird as well. I don't remember what it is, but like night owls, morning birds, and then there's a third bird. Mm. Um, which maybe makes you useless because you're only awake for like an hour in the, at noon time. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, and then, so if you're a morning person, you should probably work on this list in the evening when you're not as critical and mm. you'll come up with more ideas and they'll, more of them will be bad, but you're also more likely to think about something that you, you don't self-edit near as much. You don't have filters. Yeah. Your filters are down. Um, there are other ways probably to get those filters down, but I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily recommend them. You only want them to be a little down. So um, anyway. So your creative writing is best with a little bit of bourbon. Uh, I actually haven't had uh, I haven't had liquor in probably I don't know probably been three months four months. All right, last so so basically what I had been doing was every once in a while I would have a a double at home with my wife and uh-huh. and this last time. It's June, July, something. It ran out and I just didn't buy another. And at least I don't think there's any in the house. I haven't had any in a really long time. Um, I have had beer though. I've been, yeah. 
So it's not like I don't know. Yeah. I did yeah. uh was it is think, it sober oh it's sober it's not sober November. Sober October, right? That Joe Rogan know. does and everything. By the way, I'm not listening to Joe Rogan anymore. You wanna know why? Why? Because Spotify doesn't won't load the episodes. They did this hundred million dollar deal with him and there's a huge portion of people who can't listen to his stuff. What? Yeah, if you have a VPN on your phone, it doesn't work. Full stop. No audio, no video. How much does a VPN for your phone cost? Mine's five bucks a month. Okay. We can talk about it offline. Hey again, it's Daniel. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please write your mayor a thinking of you card. Or maybe write a review on iTunes. I don't know if that does anything or not. Sorry, I just grabbed, like, I had two cups here. One of them was tea and one of them was something else. And the something else was from a couple days ago and it just tasted terrible. <laughs> was it caffeine or was it just... I think, it, no, I think it was tea, but it, oh, it was so gross. It's just been tea, steeping for a little too long. So terrible. <laughs> well, at least you're awake now. See, uh, this is no. why we don't normally uh, do things do the podcast in the evening because Daniel normally falls asleep, but I don't think he's going to fall asleep tonight, folks. I'm sorry, Kyle. Would you begin again?